Welcome to the Real Deal of Parenting podcast with Abby Johnson and Regan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor with topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages to high profile issues and current events facing families. There's something for everyone. We've got a great new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Welcome, everybody. We are live. Happy Friday. I have to say, this has been one of our most anticipated guests to have on here. I mean, he really needs no introduction by his face. And then when his voice, people hear his voice. So when we're rolling this on our podcast, people are going to be like, is that is that who I think it is? Is that Dallas Jenkins, director and producer? of the chosen welcome dallas well thank you i'm not sure i I, i'm not sure that's totally true that i'm that recognizable but i appreciate that kind introduction and i love what you guys do and i'm thrilled to be part of be part of this because uh yeah i talk a lot my dad's written books on parenting i'm I'm the the whole idea of family uh is huge for us and 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 i think also uh the fact that the, the the chosen has seem to resonate with with families and people of all ages has been one of the most surprising and exciting things about the show. So I'm thrilled to be doing this with you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. And so you and your wife, you have four children, correct? Yeah. 2018, 16 and 14. My first three are biological. Uh, my fourth uh, child is adopted and uh, two of them are in college and, and uh, the other two are in middle school and high school. So Abby and I have children. We have 13 kids between us, ranging from 14 to two. And I keep waiting. It just doesn't get easier, does it? Like, I'm like, when does it get easier? I I often say, I think, I think uh, from the moment that the, that your first child is born, you're pretty much tired for the next 25 years. I mean, there's just really, there's really never a moment when you can kind of step back and go, all right, good. We've got this we can relax now. It's, it's, you're just exhausted for, for quite a long time. It's so true. My oldest, she's 13 and a half. And I'm like, this is just my face now. I've been exhausted for 13 and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you as a parent of a 20 year old, it's not, it doesn't, uh, doesn't let up. So just a lot of washing your face with ice cold water and, (laughs) uh, you know, doing everything you can to kind of maintain somewhat of a glow until, until you, uh, until you can't anymore. Right. Oh my goodness. And your family, you just recently made a big move. So you are officially Texans, correct? We are. Uh, as I talk to you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm on uh, our property here in Texas where we, where we film the show. Um, right now, my, my wife and I are living in a rental house while our house is being built. But yeah, we've been in Texas now for about three or four months. And, and what do you think? Do you, does the whole family love it? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for our kids who are transitioning to new school, new friends, all of that. I mean, there's no question that that's been a difficult transition. Um, but God's been sustaining us. It's been great. And we love, like, we love the Texas vibe. I mean, we're, we're, you know, politically, spiritually and all that. It's, it's definitely an an upgrade as a whole, uh, from Illinois or California where we've been living. So, so I think we fit into Texas maybe a little bit bo- a little bit better than we might have in the, those other states. But it's been it's overall it's been it's uh, it's been great. 
Oh, that's wonderful. And I always try to keep up and I'm going to kind of bounce around now, you know, as, as we talk about the chosen, um, I'm going to bounce around a timeline here because there's so many things I want to hit. So first of all, um, before we talk about a big announcement you recently made, I know the general population around the globe who are, are chosen fans. Um, when is when is season three going to uh, when are you going to start to be filming that or projected to, for us to be able to see it? When is all that happening? Yeah, so we're writing it right now. We're in the we're in the home stretch in the last couple of weeks of writing season three. We intend to be shooting sometime in early 2022, hopefully March. Uh, right now, I mean, on the set that I'm that I'm talking to you from the property, uh, our sets are being built. So we're building some permanent sets that will go for season three and future seasons. And so uh, right now, uh, those are being built. And so that's part of the main reason why there's why we're not ready to start shooting, um, you know, in December. Uh, so it's taking a little time to to do that. But that's the hope is to begin filming in March and and hopefully get it out there um, in in early fall of 2022. Oh, that's amazing. And one of the things I love, you know, we're living in a time that's extremely divisive, right? On, on so many fronts from, you know, politically, medically, um, just, we're just in a divisive, very divisive time. And the one thing that I love about The Chosen um, and why I feel like everybody needs it, it doesn't segregate. It doesn't matter what your religion is. I mean, I'm, Abby and I are devout Catholics. It doesn't matter if you're Lutheran or Protestant. I mean, Dallas, you have people who are atheists who have come to say, wow, this is just, this is just something amazing to watch. So the power and the grace God has worked through you to create something like this. I mean, I just have goosebumps talking about that because that's what we need right now. And so the one denominator, besides your incredible, I mean, you, incredible casting, incredible writing, incredible directing and producing. I mean, the denominator is Jesus, right? And yeah. so it doesn't matter where we're at, what rock bottom, what success we're having. It seems like it fits us all. And that's just such a hard thing to to do right now or to receive right now. And for you to be able to bring that to people is just, do you still pinch yourself? Is it still like, we're yeah, doing no, no, for sure. It's overwhelming. And, and, and I think what you're talking about is proof that this is bigger than I am. It's better than I'm capable of. God is clearly doing something because um, I'm, I'm an evangelical uh, Protestant. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed with the show is, um, I've never seen it like this before with a, with a, with a project where it, th those walls that we've oftentimes had between us, religious walls, cultural walls, even age walls have been broken down by the focus just on Jesus. I mean, most of the theological disagreements that evangelicals and Catholics or LDS folks or Greek Orthodox or agnostics that they have are based on things that happened after Jesus was here. When you focus solely on Jesus a lot of that goes away. A lot of those walls go get broken down. Um, now, we, of course, have disagreements about certain things about Jesus's life, particularly, of course, Mother Mary is most the most common disagreement that evangelicals have with Catholics. But other than that, there's very, very little we disagree about when it comes to the stories of Jesus. And so the show, which focuses on the Gospels and that period of time before some of these divisions started, 
I don't know, it's been a completely unifying force. And so I've gotten to know more Catholic brothers and sisters than I've ever known in my whole life. And being, I mean, being, even, even meeting the Pope. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. For, for this evangelical to, to meet the Pope and, uh, and, and to be in, in, in the right. Vatican is quite a, quite a thing. Only the chosen could have done that. And right. it's just been, it's just been wonderful to see. And, and of course, what, what, what's really funny about it is you get people who come like to the chosen fan club or to a YouTube comment section and they'll say, I love the show. And then someone else says, I love the show. And then someone will say, I'm a Catholic or I'm an evangelical. And they go, someone will go, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here. And they'll say, well, you're not supposed to be here. And then of course, somehow some people still want to argue about anything or even the fact that I met the Pope or the fact that I am, have close yeah. friendships with Catholics or that Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus is Catholic. Um, <clears throat> both groups are going to have some people who are eager to, uh, to exclude others, but the show moves on without them and, and the fans move on without them and say, look, we're too busy celebrating what unites us and our love for Jesus to worry about YouTube comments. And so that's, what's been one of the most beautiful parts about the show. And I'll tell you what, I mean, the way you cast it is just phenomenal, but uh, there's something about Jonathan Rumi than any other actor who has played Jesus. He is so talented and so special. And it's true, there's something, there's something extra special about him that's like, wow, it's just, um, do you know what I mean? I, as an yeah. author, and, and I can't even find the words, it's just special and it's really moving. And I mean, the Passion of the Christ, you know, that was amazing. There's, there's other good, but this, there's something different. And it's yeah. almost, you can't even find the words. And so he, he does yeah. Jesus very well. Yeah. And I think I've used words like transcendent or even, you know, anointed clearly. Um, and Jonathan would say the same thing that, that the show, his portrayal, all that, that, that there's something bigger and better than what we're normally capable of. And um, what's funny is I, 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 I met Jonathan and cast him seven years ago. Um, I was doing a short film for my church's Good Friday service about the crucifixion from the perspective of the two thieves on the cross. And the thieves on the cross had the main roles and 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 the, the, the role of Jesus was something that came in at the, at the end for just a few minutes. And so Jonathan auditioned for the two one of the two thieves and there were two other guys that were really great for the role. And I thought, I also don't have anyone who's auditioned for Jesus, who's any good. So I'm going to have Jonathan audition for Jesus. And 10 seconds into it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And then when I was filming, I remember just thinking, I've seen every Jesus portrayal of you know ever. And this is the best portrayal of Jesus I've ever seen. He's got the, the, the tenderness and the kindness mixed with masculinity, which is typically not what you see in Jesus. It's, there, there's, it's usually one or the other. And um, he just seems to really inhabit all of the the traits um, that that I think make Jesus who he was um, as an actor. Now, of course, Jonathan is first to tell you he's not Jesus. He's very imperfect. Um, and so usually the, the process of capturing these scenes involves a lot of surrender uh, because uh, we want to, you know, it's very clear. Jonathan is not Jesus. I'm not God. The chosen is not the Bible. Uh, but there's something clearly happening that's bigger and different and better than what, what 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 you normally see. And those who have followed followed along, you know, when I first started watching The Chosen Dallas, I was like, I sat back and as a businesswoman, 
I was like, that Dallas, just the way he talks and interacts with people. And I love how you talk before the, the episodes air and after and how you've literally, against all odds, globally raised the funds from all of the viewers, the way you go about it. I'm like, this man is a genius and it's come, it oozes out of you, but truly, but, but you're so humble about it and you're completely organic. And that's why people love you. That's why people love the series. It's like, I want to see this guy win. I want, I selfishly need more of this series, you know? And so that's what's so beautiful, how this has been built yeah. by monetarily helped been built by the fans. Yeah. And I, I think the key there is um, I'm not, and we, we make this a very important part of our marketing and public relations and the staff on the show um, and, and, and on our, in our company and, and our behind the scenes team and our social media team, the number one word that is, you know, on, on our wall is authentic. So, there, but there, there are four words. Authentic is number one, but the four words are authentic, intimate, playful, and disruptive. And those things are traits that we want to exhibit, not only in the show, but in our interactions with our fans. And so what I do is I just come out and I'm just, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm, I'm not trying to be a salesman or anything like that. I'm just trying to give you a, a, a an authentic look at the story of how this came to be behind the behind the scenes of how we make the show. I want you to feel like a part of it because if I'm going to tell you, look, this is free, the show is free, but if you want us to keep going, you're going to, you're going to pay it forward if you can. And if you can't, then that's great. But if you're going to pay it forward, contribute to the show in some way, they need to trust me. They need to know that I'm not going to pretend I'm perfect. They need to know that I'm not going to try to be marketing all the time. It really is an authentic relationship. And I think because we're not trying so hard to have clickbait or to have marketing terms or whatever, I think that's that's resonating. And so I think the authenticity of it um, and the surrender of it, I think, is what is probably the secret sauce. It's it's not something we're 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 constructing in a lab. Right. And I love the one word you used, and it's perfect timing. Is my is uh, my partner Abby Johnson just joined us? The word disruptive. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, no, <laughs> you were going to tie disruptive with me. I knew well, that. No, but it's it's what it's what Abby and I do. We disrupt the the normal the, the what's being pushed as normalcy. We disrupt the narrative as Abby and I stand so firmly in Christ and in our you know on conservative ground, which isn't necessarily popular right now, um, which you know she and I take a lot of heat for. Abby much more so you know than me. But um, I tell you what the most disruptive thing right now is is Dallas's Facebook page. Dallas can't post anything on Facebook without people going all over him about it. It's <laughs> it's like the funniest thing. He'll, he'll be like my. <laughs> My favorite color is orange. And people are like, uh, I think Jesus said that is against his gospel to have your favorite color be orange. I think orange is the color of the devil. So, and, uh, so Dallas, you're saying you hate the color blue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Do you hate every other color except right. orange? I think that's right. racist. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for sure that that happens. I mean, I, 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 wanna, I always want to be clear that, and this is one of the things I tell my team too, is they'll say, oh my goodness, we just did a, a, a post saying happy Halloween, or we just did a post being snarky or whatever. And, uh, and people are upset. I'm like, well, no, no, go, go look at the numbers. 
and you'll see that 95% of the responses were positive. It's just there's a very loud vocal uh, minority who uh, just, no matter what you say, like you said, they want to uh, find a way to be upset about it. And and uh, I think one of the reasons we do it is is we're not trying, and I think this is true of you too, Abby, uh, from, from uh, we don't know each other very well personally, but from what I've followed is you're not trying to be disruptive just to be disruptive. Right. You're just sticking strongly to what you believe. And when people criticize it, you don't apologize or go, oh, I guess I need to take that post down. or I guess I need to change my message to make sure that I don't offend anybody. Just by being authentic and by refusing to be motivated by trying to avoid likes, you know, d thumbs down or criticism, that in and of itself becomes disruptive. But it's at the end of the day, really just being authentic. And I think well, that's I mean, what we're trying God's to do. God's truth is disruptive. Right. right. I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, and 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 holding holding fast to God's truth is going to be disruptive because right. uh, because the mob wants you to cower to wokeness, to um, to they want you to constantly apologize to you know, for everyone's offense. And the reality is that people who are uh, opposed to the truth, and I mean truth with a capital T, will always be offended by that truth. And, and so we as believers cannot be constantly apologizing for believing in absolute truth. I mean, and nor should we apologize for that. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's funny though. It's funny. Like when, when the church ladies are always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't even remember like what, Oh, I know you had posted about Tiger King and, yes, um, yeah. and I, the season, season two of Tiger King coming out. And, I, and you were like, for clarification, this actually isn't the best day of my life. Finding out that season two of Tiger King is coming out, I just, yeah. you know, and I was like, why, why did you even have to post this clarification? But um, well, well, I will say to, just to defend the clarification, I even, I even tried to make the clarification a little snarky, just because um, I, I was saying I, I made a post where I was like, I just found out season two of Tiger King is coming. And you know my my joy is complete, or some some sort of right. kind of exaggerated, you yeah. know, comment about my my spiritual state. Hearing this news, and um and so there were a few people who we we call them Shmuels, um because that's the yeah. the name <laughs> of the of the Pharisee from the from the chosen who 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 finds a way to be offended by things, and so um so I, you know we just like to when when we get criticized or when I get criticized for anything, um we just like we do like to exhibit to people. And this is true, I think, and this is actually a serious point because I think you exhibit this yourself, is sometimes people will not only criticize you, but they'll be shocked that you're not apologizing. Or there will be some people who are in the middle who will go, well, you offended some people. Why won't you change it or whatever, or pull back or apologize? And it's like, no, no, we actually want to show you and exhibit how to respond. And here's the important point. You shouldn't be motivated by strangers commenting on your post and your life is not defined by how many likes or dislikes you get. So if you're someone who says something and then immediately if you get criticized, you take it down, you're apologizing. Now, if, look, if you did something wrong, great, apologize. I, I, right. I, I'm the first one to do that. But if you didn't and if you really believe that what you were doing was, was right or what God wanted you to do, 
then if you pull that down or apologize for it or over clarify, then it makes me think, well, did you not think this through? Did you not actually believe in what you were saying? Right. Like, why are you motivated by how people respond? That's not what Jesus was. That's not what we're called to do. So it's not even about proving people wrong or, you know, sticking it to the man or raising our fist or anything. It's just like a, well, no, I didn't, if I would, if I, if this was wrong, I wouldn't have done it. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to base my decisions on whether or not I'm going to get a positive or negative comment on YouTube. Yeah. So I came in late, but I don't know if y'all talked about this, but um, what, what has been sort of, do you have like a favorite story that you've told that, that you guys have, have told with the chosen? You mean in the content of the show? Or are you talking about? Yeah, in, in, in the content of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I, I'm still partial to um, season one, episode four, the miracle of the fish, yeah. uh, where you know Jesus encounters Simon and has him fish on the other side of the boat, and, it, and, it, and they catch catch this extraordinary catch. Um, and the reason that I'm I'm so passionate about that particular scene is just what went into filming it. You know, I mean, four days before we were filming, we didn't have a boat, we didn't have a lake, and we didn't have fish. All essential elements of a scene about catching a bunch of fish. <laughs> um, so so how God showed up in that, in the filming of it, and and pulled off, I think, in, in many ways, a miracle that, uh, the, so capturing a miracle by having miracles take place, I just always have a special place in my heart for that. And I think also that scene is unique in the music, the style of music. There's just so many things about that scene that don't fit the usual um, Bible project that I think kind of exhibits what The Chosen is all about. So I always have a special place in my heart for that. But but I mean, everyone, that's one, one of the fun things about the show is like, if you just, if you did a poll and just said, what's your favorite scene or what's your favorite episode? There's a couple that might be consistent, but for the most part, the top 10 would be totally varied from so many different people. There's just something for everyone that, a particular character that they relate to or a particular scene that really stood out to them. And that's what I love about Jesus is because Jesus was personal and he met you where you were at. And so each of the miracles that we portray feel a little bit different because he tailored them to the needs of that specific person. And that's hopefully what we're trying to do with the show. And what I, what I love is, and you mentioned this earlier when I was saying how the show doesn't cause, you know, any division or you know segregation and you're like even even in age you know it's funny when i first started watching it one of my daughters watched it with me and she loved it from the beginning and then when i told the other kids and my my husband about it they're like mom we're not watching one of your holy things again like what is this and i'm like guys 10 minutes 10 minutes and i remember telling abby about it i'm like abby you've got to watch it and um i felt the same actually yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, uh, no, every, I mean, I would say yeah. 80% of the chosen viewers were reluctant. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, whether they thought it was going to be cheesy and crappy or they weren't sure they could trust it um, because, you know, for, for some people who are faith-based or, you know, who, who are believers, they're thinking, well, this might be Hollywood and I can't trust that it's going to be faithful to the scriptures. Or if you're not an evangelical, like if you're a Catholic and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can trust it because it's done by a Protestant. There were so many reasons to not watch the show for most people. But then it's like you're a couple minutes in and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I like this. Feels different. Watch four minutes. And then and then you're hooked. And literally, I mean, my whole family would sit and they're watching it like 
steady, like not taking their eyes off it, not complaining. And I'm like, I told you so, I told you so. So I love, I mean, it is, it's truly, it's truly for all ages. I would say if there's one thing that, that has blown me the, away the most, because I didn't come into this with expectations. God took all that away from me after I'd had a career failure. And so I was like, I'm never going to predict. I'm never going to have expectations. I just want to be in God's will. But if there's one thing that truly surprised me was the reaction from children to the show. I didn't, it's a complicated show. It's not, the, the plot lines are complicated. It's, there's a lot of kind of heady intellectual things in it too. It's, um, I mean, it's very entertaining, but it's also, it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't feel like a kid's show. And yet as young as six years old, we've heard from parents who said, this is a show we can watch together as a family. And I'm just so, that, that wrecks me more than anything else. It's so beautiful to see. I think what drew me, I, I think, uh, I, I told you um, that sort of the, the portrayal of Mary Magdalene was very powerful for me. That hooked me in immediately. Right. Um, but I think for me, like the, I, I think what is always powerful for me is when people do a really good job of portraying just the humanity of Christ. Right. And, you know, you guys have done just this really brilliant job of doing that, that he's funny <laughs> and, um, and that he's just very down to earth and <laughs> yeah. very relatable. Right. <laughs> and like he cracks jokes and, you know, like, and, and I think sometimes when we think about, you know, Christ, like we think he wasn't like us. Right. Yeah. But he was like, but different, right. Like yeah. he was, but perfect. Right. And so, but like, of course, of course he probably had a sense of humor. Like, of course. And I remember when I first left the clinic and I think it's, I think it's those things that really help people shape their relationship with Christ. And, and I remember when I first, there, there have like been, you know, two sort of major instances in my life where I can remember when, when, you know, that sort of, it helped me really understand sort of the, the person of Christ and um, one is your show. And then mm -hmm. the other was um, right when I left the clinic. And, um, I was really struggling like to figure out like, you know, cause I had been so far away. I'd been so far removed, sure. um, from God for eight years. And I was really trying to figure out like, what have I been missing? Like, who is God? Like, who is the Trinity? Like what's going on here? And, and how can I even get this relationship back? Right. After I've been so far removed and I read the shack yeah. and, I know for everybody, it's like, man, it's not theologically sound. I don't care. Yeah. I read it. And for me, it was so powerful because yeah. it really presented the humanity of Jesus. Yeah. And it really helped me get into this relational space with Christ that I really needed at that yeah. time in my yeah. life because I was so lost and I was so broken. And I think that's exactly, but your show's more theologically sound, but, uh, but, and I'm not even, and I don't even care about that for me. I'm like, look, what is it doing for people's relationship with Christ? Right. right? And so people were like arguing about like the theology of the shack and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, 
okay, yeah. But most people reading it are not master level theologians, right? Like most right. people reading it are just like regular people who want to know the person of Christ better, right? Like yeah. who need a transformation in their life. And so they're not interested in like the fine details of the theology or whatever. But that book could literally change their life. Like that book could literally put them in a saving relationship with Christ. That's right. actually what matters. And yeah. I feel like that's exactly what your show, I think that's what God is doing with the show. And you know that, I mean, you're hearing yeah. from people all the time. That's what your show is doing. It is personalizing Christ in a way that people understand him and, yeah. and, and people can make sense of him and they can make sense of what he did for us and why he did it and how yeah. much he loves us. And that is so powerful and it means so much. Yeah. And I think the key with the shack, which for me and my wife both was a, was very instrumental in, in again, leave, like you just said, leaving aside some of the theological differences, potentially there, there are some key moments in that book that, I believe are absolutely true in terms of who yeah. Jesus is that, that unlock for, for, for us, unlock for my wife, especially because as a mom, you know, your big, your biggest fear is, is your, your child. I mean, for a dad too, but I think moms even more so are the, the loss of a child is, is their biggest fear. And to know Jesus's role in that, and that uh, it, it made it personal, it made it direct. It made it He's, sure. he's, he, he knows my biggest fears. He knows my biggest needs. And, but here, here's where the problem would lie. If the shack or the chosen was the end game. If, if, if you watch the chosen and we're like, I'm good now. I know Jesus better now. This is now my, my religion. This is my relationship. That would be a problem. The shack and Jesus are sorry. The shack and the chosen are a, an entry point for some people, a, 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 a reigniter for others. Um, they are a battery recharge for some others, but whatever it is, you hopefully come away going, I know and love Jesus more now than I did before. And now when I go to the Bible, it comes to life even more than it did before for me or whatever church I'm going to, or whatever uh, mentor that I have or whatever. And, and theology is important. Sure. But it's not, it's not the role of the chosen or the shack to be your theological uh, education. The, sure. the role of the chosen or the shack is to is to for you to love and know Jesus more. And then over the course of time, all of those things are important, but but they will come in time and they will come as with, with, with the church that you're part of and part of the discipleship that you take take part of. That's where the real relationship with Christ comes. And 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 if the chosen or the shack or whatever can get you there, then mission accomplished. Right. I, I just want to really quick, because I know we're down to our final minutes, Dallas. I just want to piggyback off something Abby said, too, that we kind of didn't touch on. But talking about Mary Magdalene, one of the most powerful things for me was just showing the mercy of Jesus. That forgiveness is so powerful. And I know I've even struggled, you know, you know, living in sin different times and and. And even though being repentant, it's like I'm, I still carry guilt and shame. And it's just so powerful to see 
that love and forgiveness, no matter where we at, because so many people have, you know, have come to Abby and I, well, I'm so far off and I've done this and I've done that. And God would never accept me back. And people actually believe that, that guilt and shame where Satan wants them to live in forever to keep them away from God. And yet he's just waiting with, with open arms. So that, the, that relationship between Mary Magdalene and Jesus at different points of the first two seasons is just powerful. I mean, how you bring that is just beautiful. Well, I'm going to grab something here real quick. Um, Okay. This, it's also behind me on the wall, but this is a a painting that, uh, I don't know if this is showing up in the... I don't see. Oh, there it is. Yes. Oh, yes. So that's a painting. It's called, the painting is called You Are Mine, and we just uh, made it available starting a couple weeks ago um, at our, through our app and website, the gift store. Um, and, uh, the, the painting is called you are mine and it reflects that moment, that moment when Mary has surrendered, she has, uh, you know, Jesus was pursuing her and she was saying, leave me alone because of multiple reasons. One, her experience with men had been tragic and, uh, and, you know, she had had a, a, a trauma and also because she was so connected to her vices that she wasn't sure she wanted to leave what was familiar and comfortable. But then finally, there's that lack of trust. So Jesus is pursuing you and it's like, no way, I'm too far gone. I I can't accept this kind of grace. It doesn't make sense to me. And the moment that that painting captures, which is from the one of the final moments of episode one of season one, is we've been, we've introduced you to a woman who's experienced serious trauma in her life. And who, to the point where she's changed her name, to the point where she doesn't have a family, the point where she's even been demon possessed, and Jesus pursuing her, and she's running, but he doesn't let her go, and he says to her, "You are mine," and she call, and he calls her by her real name, and when she finally lets go and surrenders and sinks into him, and he's able to hold her, that moment not only is has been the most impactful moment in the show's history, and what for many people drew them into the show long-term, but it is a universal uh, truth to the viewer. And I know that there are people watching uh, the show or people watching right now, someone who has faced trauma, faced rejection. Um, and I, I, I believe and hope that that moment in the show can speak to you personally and that the painting can speak to you personally because it is a truth that applies to far more than just a TV show. It is a, you are mine, you belong to me and I call you by your name. And when you release that, when you surrender, when you sink into the arms of Jesus, I know it may sound cheesy, but it is a life altering truth. And in fact, I happen to be, this wasn't planned for the show, but I happen to be wearing this t-shirt that is the line that Mary says in episode two, where Nicodemus is asking her, how do you explain what happened? She goes, I can't explain what happened. All I know is I was one way and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. And that's a life altering truth. And it's uh, the first line that was written by my co-writer for the show. And it's, I, it's, uh, I, hope, I hope that that the show can in some way introduce you to that truth. I mean, Abby and I are both crying. <laughs> <laughs> just you explaining it people if you haven't seen the chosen if we're having this reaction to dallas just talking about a scene you've got to watch it and that i'm ordering that painting i'm ordering that i that is one of the most beautiful things that just 
speaks to every single sinful, selfish person, all of us, right? Well, let me know too, if you guys, I know you guys do work with clinics and with women's shelters and stuff like that. Um, you know, there have been a few who have ordered like the big, the big version of it. Cause it's the kind of thing that when women walk into the shelter or into a clinic or something, that should be the first thing they see, or at least somewhere. So yeah. talk to us for sure too, about that. If you ever wanted something for, 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 yeah. for, for ministry purposes, we'd love to love to do that. Just because again, it's, it's a truth that, that is life altering. So beautiful. So grateful. And it's where, is we're based, we're out of time now, but I, I want you to share with everybody. You just made a recent announcement, a big surprise. I wasn't expecting it at all. So tell everybody, I just can't even believe you did this. It's huge. What people get to yeah. do. Yeah. So yeah, if you heard when I was saying I have a big announcement coming on a live stream and there were people who were like, this better live up to the hype because <laughs> we're going to show up for this. We're going to show up for this live stream, and you're saying it's a big announcement. It better be like season three is coming or something like that. And uh, and so somehow we pulled it off. Somehow we didn't. People didn't find out, but we actually filmed a brand new episode of The Chosen. And so uh, we, we'll right under people's noses because, as you know, our our show and my my relationship with the with the viewers is very open. I mean, everything is behind the scenes. It. We show right. you all this. And uh, we, we managed to pull off uh, doing a brand new episode of The Chosen uh, without anyone knowing. And so I announced on this live stream. And the other announcement was that it's going to be in theaters. And so we did a big Christmas special. So it's like a two-hour Christmas event. There's a dozen huge artists like Forking and Country and Matt Mayer and uh, Brandon Lake, Phil Wickham, Maverick City Music, all these great artists who do Christmas songs, new and uh, classic. And uh, so it's almost like a variety show in that sense, but these beautiful, amazing songs that all were filmed on the set of the show. And then we also give you this original brand new episode of The Chosen that uh, addresses and shows you the birth of Christ from Mary and Joseph's perspective, as well as um, some characters from the current show, because we also go back and forth between the birth of Christ, you know, which came before the perspective of the show, and then uh, 10 years after the time of the show where Mother Mary is talking about the story of the birth and they're dealing with the aftermath of the death of Christ and the early church and some of the uh, persecution that they were facing. So we all packed that into this new episode. And uh, it's gonna be in theaters December 1st through the 10th. Originally, it was only gonna be two days. And in 12 hours, they s practically sold out of everything in those two days and it, sh it doubled the previous pre-sales record that Fathom had ever had before. Fathom Events, our partner for this, and so all the theater chains added eight more days. And so if you just go, you just look up Christmas with the Chosen or Chosen Christmas or whatever, look at your local theaters. And from December 1st to 10th, it's going to be in theaters. You can get tickets now. Um, you, you're going to, and, and I'm not just saying this as a salesperson, you do need to get them now because they are selling out fast at record breaking pace. So yeah, a brand new episode of the Chosen, Christmas Spectacular, great music, great opportunity to, to gather with fellow Chosen fans in theaters. Uh, we're really excited about it. So amazing. Yeah, it was a huge announcement and nobody was disappointed, Dallas. No, I, think we lived up. I think we lived up. You did. You did. Everybody was very, very excited. So it was, it was, it was a good announcement. You did a good yeah. job. Now, if you can't make it to theaters, if you're living outside the United States or you just can't afford a theater, you know, movie tickets, as always, eventually this episode will be available for free and easy. It's, uh, you know, we made that promise early on. The show will always be free. So that's, that's true. This is just an, you know, some people who who are able to see it early and by buying tickets, of course, that's what made us able to even do
do this episode um, is the financing of it is what allows us to make it free. So you will eventually get to see it no matter what, even if you can't make it to the theater. Really quick question before we go. Have you guys, are you guys considering doing like a, any sort of like Bible study series or anything like that? Yeah, we have. Um, in fact, oh, season have, one, okay. yeah, there is a Bible study uh, that my wife, uh, along with our evangelical scholar, Dr. Huffman, he's a New Testament professor. Um, we did a Bible study for season one that's already, I mean, in fact, um, we just got this award from the publishing industry for 200,000 sales. I mean, it's really been an impactful thing because, again, it's that discipleship piece. Um, and so we've got devotional books as well, um, children's books. There's two children's books uh, that are coming out in just a few days, actually, um, that are uh, based on the show that children love from ages because the first one sold out. So, uh, but it's coming back now in a few days, but children just uh, of all ages loved it. So yeah, that's very important to us. And, and then also just, I don't know if you knew this as well, but even on the first, the season one special edition DVD, and then we've also just re recently released on YouTube, a conversation with our biblical consultants, which consists of a Catholic priest, an evangelical scholar and a Messianic Jewish rabbi who are our consultants for the show and talk about in depth some of the implications of each of the episodes and some of the things we might disagree on, but the things that we're united about. And uh, it's really, really fascinating. So I know you guys are practicing Catholics. I'm an evangelical, but we do these roundtables to really bring people together and talk about the, the, the deeper elements of each of these uh, of stories. And so it's really fascinating and I love it. And uh, yeah, so Bible study, devotional books, all that stuff, because we really want the show is not the end game. The show is just a yeah. one tool. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, just even as I work with so many ministries and things like that, and and just I, I think the chosen is a really great introduction to even non-believers or, or very new believers, and yeah, and I was just thinking, you know, it would be great even with pregnancy resource centers or a lot yeah. of times, you know, they offer Bible studies, and I'm thinking just as a, a Bible study intro, right? Yeah, so I just yeah, no, it's these perfect women are because are not going to be doing like Beth Moore. Right. right. I mean, right. it's too much. It's too much. So we, you know? Right. And we we designed it with that in mind. In fact, I, it's so funny you mentioned that just a couple nights ago, I spoke at a fundraising banquet for a woman's clinic, a woman's resource center, a pro-life pregnancy center um, out of uh, uh, Beaumont, Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, they told me that as a clinic, they, they were they, there was a class going on at the moment with the chosen Bible study because that's the episode, yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking of, like, yeah. it's a great way to sort of get these women engaged with the word of God, something that's yeah. interesting for them to watch, but then also sort of engaging them yeah. in the word and yeah, with the Bible yeah. study. So that's what I was wondering. Yeah. And that's especially true of season one because of Mary Magdalene's storyline, especially for women in crisis who can relate to her struggles and her trauma. It's especially poignant for them. And now it's poignant for everybody because we can all relate to some of these struggles. But women and women's shelters have uniquely been, clinics and stuff have uniquely responded to this show uh, in a way that's been really beautiful to see. And so, yeah, we if you just look up on our in our, in our gift store, um, we've got, and we, we also offer them in bulk so you can save money so okay. you can get them for a group or for a women's clinic or whatever so that it's not too expensive. Okay, great. Well, we appreciate you so much, Dallas. We appreciate all the work that you've done and that you're continuing to do. And we just know that, I mean, gosh, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are being introduced to Christ and coming to Christ. And um, 
it's because of your yes and and you choosing to to be an instrument of God and and we thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll 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 do it again sometime. We'll talk. I know uh, you, you, one of the things you like to talk about a lot is parenting, so we can get into that a little bit more in the story of how the chosen even came to be. Yes, yes, and I do have to say. One of my favorite things that y'all did was um, having to do with kids was the episode of Jesus with the children when y'all turned it into like a thriller. Like if that <laughs> if that episode was like a, a horror film, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah no, there was a, yeah, someone did a trailer. Uh, yeah, the episode isn't like a horror film, but the, no, 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 someone, no. But like if that episode a, was yeah, like yeah. the trailer, like if that episode yeah. was a horror film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was hilarious. Y'all should follow Dallas's Facebook because it's he posts all kinds of funny stuff if you're not already following it. Yeah, so. you should be following Dallas on Facebook and Instagram, Chosen Facebook and Instagram, and the app, the app, the Chosen app is free. Is that is that one of the best places for people that you think, Dallas, to... Yeah, for sure. Now, some people are old school. They want DVDs. That's fine. Those DVDs are available in the app. They're available at... at, at the, you just look up the chosen DVD. We're easy to find. But uh, the app is the best because it's free. It's it, You don't even need to give an email address. It's totally free and easy. Um, now, you might be thinking, I don't want to watch the show on my phone. I agree with you. Our partners invented technology that allows you to cast it directly to your streaming device, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Chromecast, um, uh, Roku, and you don't even need a subscription. You just go right in and you start can watching it on your, on your big screen. So it's, and it's again, totally free, totally easy. So that's the best way to watch it. But yeah, thanks so much for having me on for this. This was, this was great. It was great to be able to talk to you. Thank All you, right. Dad. Thank you so much, Dallas. Take care and let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. Let's talk soon.